the Hawks weren't quite ready for the playoffs. We came out that first half, and I don't uh, think we was really ready. Just that competing word, you know, I don't think we was really, you know, competing. Welcome to the Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the Hawks beat reporter at the AJC, and it wasn't quite a good start to the Hawks' postseason. They fell to the Celtics 112 to 99 after dropping to a 30 point deficit by the end of the first half. And of course, they did manage, manage to fight their way out of it. But moving forward, we definitely want to see a lot more fight from this team through all four quarters. Daniel Salerson and I are here to break down the first game of the playoffs. But before that, if you're listening to us for the first time, you can find the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Spotify. But we'll get into the first game of the series, but we'll take a quick break. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. Now, the Hawks, as I mentioned at the top of this show, did not get off to the best of starts. By the end of the first half, they trailed the Celtics 74-44. That's a 30-point deficit. ESPN had a really good stat where they mentioned that it was tie- it tied the franchise's biggest lead that they've ever had in the postseason, which is a pretty big deal. I will say there were some positives that I could take away from the start of this uh, series. The Hawks, they did limit the Celtics in three-point shooting, but they didn't really limit them in anything else. And the Hawks were just trailing the entire time, never really had control of the game uh, to start. And I mean, Daniel, when you watched that first half, just looking at how many backdoor cuts the Celtics were able to get just kind of like slipping by guys. It just seemed like they just weren't aware that that was something that the Hawks or excuse me, that the Celtics would have in their bag and they just let it happen time after time after time. I was really surprised how this team showed up in the first couple of quarters based on what we saw in Miami because everyone said that was probably the best game of the year. And if they show up like that against Boston, then they can actually make this series. And then the way they did and you talk about um, the tension, the detail, and the scouting reports. It just seemed like the Hawks looked at it and ripped them up and said, uh, we're just going to go out there and play. Because you mentioned it, the backdoor cuts, Boston sharing the basketball. This is what they do. 25 assists on 42 made field goals. They're a very unselfish team. They have a lot of weapons. They're big down low. And uh, Robert Williams, 
12 points, 8 rebounds off the bench. They did everything right in that first half. And again, when the Hawks, they didn't shoot well in that first half. And DeJounte Murray said it in postgame, the offense or the offense gets dictated by the defense. And they didn't get any stops in that first half, which led to them not really getting a lot of good looks on the offensive side. They were horrible from three, and it just all trickled from there. But yeah, I mean, starting with the backdoor cuts, the transition offense the Celtics were able to get on some key Hawks mistakes. I mean, those just all rattled around and led to what happened in that first half. Yeah, and I think the other huge thing is that Bogdan Bogdanovich and Sadiq Bey got off to just a really slow start in general. I mean, granted, it felt like everyone outside of DeJounte Murray's shots were like going halfway in and then rattling back out. And, And this team just couldn't generate. I mean, they had all the right looks, but they just couldn't hit baskets. They couldn't score points. So it's not as if everything is lost if you think about it, but it just seems like they're just going to have to find a way to get into a rhythm much, much sooner because in some ways it wasn't even a lack of rhythm. It just seemed like the shots just weren't going in. But as far as I'm concerned, I think the biggest thing that this Hawks needs to just do a much better job of at the beginning of game is, and they said it themselves, defense. And here's what Quinn had to say about them finding a balance on defending the three and protecting the paint. You know, people on the rim, that, that's, that's, you can't let them get on the rim. And sometimes that's hard with the size that they have. Um, but again, I, I don't, I don't know that there was a lot of magic tonight. You know, they played great, um, you know, and, and they were the more aggressive team um, in a lot of ways, in, you know, in that first half and built that lead. And as I said, I mean, I, I think for our guys to understand that, you know, it's there's two halves, there's four quarters, and there's seven games. And, you know, you have to, I said it before, I mean, you have to, the, the mental toughness that's required um, to win a series in this league is significant. And, and we have to continue to demonstrate that. And I thought we did tonight. I thought we were a tough team to be down like we were and continue to play. Um, that's hard to do. And uh, that's what we did. I remember when he said that post game that they were a tough team. It's like, yeah, you can tip their hat to how they did fight themselves back into this game. But it it just seems like every time this team takes a step forward, it's like they take three or four or five back. And so in my opinion, we saw an extremely mentally tough team jump on Miami in that playing game. And then the team that showed up to Boston today, it didn't seem like they, and, and DeJounte Murray said it himself. It just didn't seem like they were locked in. So if you're going to be, a team that's going to be making a deep postseason run, you have to make sure that you're mentally tough from game one, or excuse me, from playing game, if that's where you had to start your postseason journey, to game one, to game two, to game three. It can't just start at that second half. Yeah, from the tip, basically, is when you need to be ready to go. And I know there are some guys that have not experienced this before, a Sadiq Bey, a Jalen Johnson, but there's plenty of guys on this roster that have been through this before. And so when you hear DeJounte say they weren't ready, and I know Quinn said this a lot about how much he likes this team fighting and competing. We've heard so many post games where he said that. It's great and all, but if you don't start the game off fighting, 
and you're down 30, like, I hope you would not give up and keep fighting to, to get yourself back into it. But at, at what point are you like, all right, if you if we get off to a good start or just play with some effort in the first half, then you don't have to worry about saying, yeah, well, the good thing is we, we were fighting. And, yeah, I mean, in that third quarter, hitting in the fourth, they got it down to 12. It was probably my fault I sent you the Undertaker gif in a Twitter message. And then after that, they rattled <laughs> – Boston had six straight points to go six zero, and you told yeah. me the shush, and I was That's like, I, I know like, that was, <laughs> I know it was it was all my fault. So maybe I should be the blame for for the loss, but yeah, it was uh, it was tough, and yeah. you did you did see a lot of good things in in the uh, third and fourth quarter, but if you didn't dig yourself into a thirty point hole, maybe we have a different conversation because you lost by thirteen, and I bet you if people really didn't get to see the game and thought, oh, they only lost by thirteen. It's not indicative mm-hmm. of, of what happened today. They were just able to to try to make a run in quarters three and four. All right. Well, of course, we're going to have to talk about, you know, what they do to adjust into game two, which takes place on Tuesday. Um, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone that has subscribed to the AJC as well as AJC.com. You guys are what make all of this possible. If you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available right now for listeners to this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next three months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our e-paper, as well as all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next three months. And you can take advantage of this offer by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. So Daniel, when you think about how this Hawks team could adjust between game one and game two, on Tuesday, what would you say, just without even thinking about it, just off the top of your head, what's the biggest adjustment that they have to make? Biggest adjustment, one, they need to watch the tape from the second half and just do all that <laughs> for four quarters. <laughs> That's the easy way out of this answer. Yes. It, it's tough because I feel like defensively, you mentioned it, attention to detail, knowing your personnel, the backdoor cuts, the fluidity of Boston's offense is something that they need to keep their eye on throughout the entire game. So defensively, they need to be better at that. Obviously, again, they're a bigger team. They're probably going to out-rebound you most of the way, but 
you were tied in points in the paint, 54 to 54 throughout the game. And there were certain aspects that you had the advantage turnovers wise. You had less turnovers than them. And then it's, you know, they say it's a make or miss league. A lot of it was just making some shots, just knocking down some shots, getting more in a rhythm offensively. I think the half court offense always produces a problem when they can't get stops. They're taking the ball out of the net. They doesn't seem like they run a, I don't I'm not saying it's Quinn's fault, but it just, there's not a lot of fluidity. I'm going to use that word again on the offensive side in the half court. And I just think, you know, the lone three in that first half was a 40 footer. It seemed like from Trey young. I mean, that wasn't a drawn up play where they found an open man. It was Trey jacking up that shot and going, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. It went in. So I think there needs to be a little bit more of a rhythm offensively. And that can be predicated on how much, how many stops they get. So come out with that intensity, come out with the energy is step number one and two, just a little more attention to detail on the defensive side. I think that'll, certainly be the case then maybe a little more aggressive on the offensive end yeah I I also think the other big thing is I know that the the Celtics are a much better much better rebounding team than the Heat but I would love to see some of those guys smaller guys come out and help guys like Onyeka Okongu and Clint Capella in the rebounding I think there are too many times that in you know, especially in the first half that you would see Al Horford and, and Robert Williams just boxing or trapping Clint Capella and, and Onyeko Kongu out from getting the rebound and and nobody was around. There were it was just green jerseys in the paint, packing the paint, and no one else was around trying to help out and get those rebounds. So it just I think that they need to make sure that they kind of have a little bit of a similar mentality as the Celtics and have a gang rebounding approach just because we saw how well that worked against Miami and we've seen how well it's just worked in the past against some other teams and and so just making sure that everybody else is kind of competing for those rebounds because they ended up being out rebounded uh 58 to 45 I mean and when you think about it that's yeah that's a pretty big margin but it could be in my opinion a lot closer than that now the Hawks ended up having 14 offensive rebounds to the Celtics is 12, which again goes back to one of their strengths is getting those second chance points. So to go from, you know, a season high 22 offensive rebounds to 14, I mean, that's not that's not terrible if you think about it, but they only had one, I believe, in the first in the first half. So it's just making sure that some of those other guys come in and, and help with that so that especially when Clint or Onyeka have their hands full, you know, they they know that their teammates got their back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on because there are certain matchups throughout the year that you do it takes more of a team effort to get rebounds. And I think this is going to be one of the cases here. I don't think you're if you continue the way you are, you're not going to out rebound them any, any single game. I feel like that could be a factor. If that's one of the things you can take away from them a little bit is rebounding, then I feel like you definitely put yourself in the position to win each game. So I completely agree that rebounding is something that it's tough with those big guys down low and Williams and Horford, but you have athleticism. So, I mean, I think that could certainly help and your guards too. I mean, DeJounte Murray is not a small guard. And so I think you bring him into the fold, you get your wings rebounding as well. I think they could be in good shape. So I completely agree with that. DeJounte had eight rebounds and Clint had eight rebounds. So, you know, you just you just kind of hope that um, and I was shocked that, you know, usually we see a guy like 
uh, Jalen Johnson and even Sadiq crashing the boards a lot more in, you know, over the last few games. But I wonder if some of those early fouls that they, not, not Sadiq particularly, but maybe even Jalen picked up because I think he had like three fouls before the end of the first half. So I wonder if that kind of affects your mentality with not being maybe as aggressive as you might have been in the past. But yeah, we definitely want to make sure we see some more. <laughs> Just Dude. more, 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 <laughs> more, more, more. And I, it, you got to see it early again. Yeah. It, it, it may sound like an, an easy thing to just talk about, but you can't get punched in the mouth so early. Not in a, a game where, again, you win one of these two games on the road. It changes the dynamic of the series. You They lose home court advantage in this instance. So, um, again, it was already going to be a, a tough thing to do to defeat the Celtics, but if you can, you get Tuesday. It's a completely different ball game heading back to State Farm on Friday and Sunday. So um, it's only one game. Luckily, it only counts as one, and it doesn't based on point differential. It maybe could count more if it was the case. Um, so yeah, coming out with some more intensity in that first half will certainly even that alone will be a huge difference maker. Agreed. Now the Hawks and Celtics. It's a later game on Tuesday. They'll tip off at seven, and the game will air on. NBA TV. Until then, I'm your host, Lauren Williams, joined by trusty handy dandy podcast producer Daniel Salerson. And you guys will hear from us again on Tuesday as well as Wednesday. We'll be doing our shows after every playoff game. Um, so make sure you guys tune back in then. Thanks again. This is the Hawk Report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.